Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Hello, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. For those of you who don't know Financing Solutions, uh, Financing Solutions provides very easy to set up lines of credit for small businesses. And of course, I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you're interested in learning more about getting a line of credit for your business, which I would highly recommend, I've had a line of credit for you know, 25 plus years. Uh, I think it's very, very valuable and important to have it. Please visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. So over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Brandy Sims from Brand Inc. Um, also today we have our first um, advertiser on uh, yeah, that's sponsoring today's podcast. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a dangerous world out there in the business environment. If you ever had uh, cybersecurity issues, um, I know a number of years ago, uh, my business partner and I had, uh, had an attack on our company and, uh, you know, luckily we had good backup systems, but if you have any cyber cybersecurity issues, cyber, and, you know, look for cyber protection, uh, it's not really a must have, it's not really a nice to have anymore. It's a must have. Then you know, take a look at Technology Management Group (TMG). They've been doing this for over thirty years, um, and you know they really uh, have some great products like uh, Cyber CTRL. And if you're interested in learning more about them, or you know, talking to them about an issue or being preventative, um, go to their website at cyberctrl.net. Again, that's cyberctrl.net. So today's guest is Brandy Sims, uh, who has an MBA and is the founder and CEO of a Brand INC PR for the past 14 years. Um, Brandy has gained extensive experience in handling public relations, digital marketing, and publicity event planning for her clientele. Her diverse uh, expertise is the result of work with sports athletes, public figures, nonprofit organizations, government sector corporations, as well as small to mid-sized businesses. Uh, Brandy is a regular speaker, moderator, and participant at conferences and events on public relations and communications. Brandy, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So when you're doing work for um, PR for smaller businesses, uh, what is that typically that, that work entail? Well, it really entails um, content development, campaigning, publicity, strategy meetings. Um, in a nutshell, it's all things that larger companies um major public figures benefit from. We're doing the exact same things with even those small businesses. Um, one of the misconceptions with PR is that it's only limited to those major corporations that have big budgets. It's not. 
And most of the time, small businesses start to recognize once they receive some traction or some attention that PR is very much something that is a skill set. And it's something that is applicable at any level that they're at in business. You need to have good PR, whether you're outsourcing to an agency such as ours or you are doing it in-house. You have to have an understanding of what PR is and what you are actively doing to support your business and your organization. You need PR. PR is all about how you are defining your messaging in terms of your consumers, in terms of other businesses that you partner or want to partner with. It's how are you communicating your brand and how are you raising awareness about what you offer, what services you provide, and how it benefits the community that you support in any capacity. Um, I think it's, it's one of those important things that small businesses especially need to know and understand that whether or not you have someone that's doing your PR, you are communicating a message. And it all comes down to how are you communicating this? You could be sending incredible messages about your company that you have this amazing pro product um, service that people need and, and, and can really help in their lives. Or you could be communicating absolutely nothing. That's communicating too. And that's certainly not the message that you want to send if you're attempting to grow your business and really get the word out about what you do and what you offer. Um, so yes, PR is very much um, a part of the small business journey and something that small businesses absolutely benefit from. Um, not only from understanding, but also applying that to their strategies and, and what they do as they're continuing to move forward. So in a nutshell, what it looks like for us is everything that we would do for larger agencies or larger companies. It's the strategy planning. It's understanding um, what types of communications are we putting out? How are we doing it? How are we understanding our target audience and what we are uh, packaging that messaging to communicate to them. It's all of the above. Um, and that's what we effectively do and make our, our clientele happy and serve them. Yeah. You know, I, over the years, I mean, I really believe in PR. Um, I wish I executed as much as I believe in it. Um, my, the purpose of the PR efforts that I had taken over the years uh, related to backlinks, so, you know, for yes. those of you who don't really know what that is, so Google is Google looks at 20, 200 different areas to be able to rank your website. And one of the, uh, you know, you could have, and this, you know, if you don't understand SEO, you really need to understand uh, uh, it. It's really important because, I mean, I remember when I was working with my SEO consultant 15 years ago, and, you know, we're like, uh, and, and even of, of more recent too, but I'm like, okay, let's just get content up. Let's just keep getting content up. Let's get content up. And, you know, th then I started reading and learning more about SEO and my uh, uh, SEO consultant at the time, the agency, uh, they didn't make me aware of how important links are. And that is other companies uh, linking back to your website and because it didn't let me know because it's so hard to do mm -hmm. and they don't want to do it and it's time consuming. And so, you know, so PR to me, getting other reputable places to backlink to me allowed me to 
really increase what's t- called, and I'm not going to get too technical here, our domain ranking with Google. Yes. And, and that a big part of that is backlinks. So now that's just a part of it. You know, I, I always liked the idea of having a, a PR strategy because I always felt that there's a multiplier effect. Whereas the money I'm going to spend with you, Brandy, it better make me money, right? I better, better be able to measure it and I better be able to make money and I, be mm-hmm. able to bear, I bear, better be able to make a lot more money than what you're, I'm paying you to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so I think it's a no brainer to, you know, to try it. And I think the big issue is a lot of business owners, uh, they, they maybe want to try it in house and there are tools to do that, but you just don't, you just have so much time in the day. And really when you're talking about PR, I mean, how much is a business owner going to really spend their time doing it? So, Oh yes. Yes. So what, what, what is your comment about what I just said? Oh, I love that you shared this because this is a frequent conversation amongst PR and communication circles, as well as just general business. It's finding the time and managing that time to do all of the things, all of the above that needs to be done to make your business successful. And the answer to that is you have to, you have to find a way. And what does that look like to you? Well, depending upon budget, it's going to determine to the scale and the degree that you can do this or um, hire an expert to support it or, you know, falling into in-house. But then you kind of look back into the time management aspect of it. And it is a lot. It's not rocket science by no means, but it's very, very timely. And if it's not being maintained, if it's not being done effectively, then you are essentially losing out on a huge, huge area that could be boosting your rankings when it comes to websites and searches. And that's what SEO jumps into is you want to be searchable. You want to be found, but you want to be at the top. It doesn't make any sense to be the millionth result, you know, of what it is that you offer and what you do, because people aren't looking that far behind. Absolutely not. They're looking at page one and you might get lucky page two. But for the most part, they want to see those top ringing and top results. And that's how SEO comes into all of this. But when we look at that time management piece to it, I think that's the one that gets small businesses um, into somewhat of a tizzy because they think, oh, well, you know, I can, um, let's skip the budget. Like I can do it myself and I'll figure it out. And then now you're in this like loop of I'm dealing with all of this stuff that I'm not really trained or an expert in. And now it's taking away from the time I should be spending on the actual business. I can't spend my time here. And there was a really, really good book um, that was referred to me. I want to say it's the four-day or five-day work week. And it was one of those conversations that really encapsulated, I think, on why time management is so important and why delegation is so important. You're not meant to be the jack of all trades. You're not meant to be the expert. As a small business owner, I totally understand the feeling of I've got to be everything and everyone all the time. In the beginning, unfortunately, yes, you do, because you have a new idea, you have a new project. But this is where you can really hone in on what it takes to be an effective leader and effective business owner by delegation. 
bringing those people into the fold that you see that they have a talent, they can help support you in this, and you can get that assistance that you need to continue to scale and grow your business. You need people to be able to do that. Delegation is a big part of that time management aspect. Being able to delegate that off to someone that knows better and can do it better than you, I think is the ultimate small business life hack. You know, you can't do it all. And while it may seem like some of the public figures that you see on television or in interviews that, oh man, they're, they have this thriving business and they're just doing everything. How do they do it? They don't. They have a team. They have people that are designated to handle certain aspects of the business to be successful at any level that they're at. If you don't have the budget to have a the top financial advisor, you probably have the budget for your banking institution's financial advisor that comes with the banking account and getting support and assistance there. Now, I'm not sure entirely if there's, depending on the bank, there may be some fees associated with it, but for the most part, most of those just come with it. Get that assistance and that guidance that you need so that you can be effective in what you are doing and scaling and growing your business. So at the end of the day, you can't be spending your time on the busy work of PR and SEO when there's people here that that's exactly what they do. The same thing goes for marketing, finance, all of the other aspects that make your business. You have to be able to delegate those things over. So I really love that you shared that because that's something that is a constant conversation amongst entrepreneurs and small business. Oh, I just don't have the time and I know I need it, but I just don't have the time. That's your first problem. You don't have the time, delegate. You don't have the time to do it, but you also don't have the expertise to do it. So why spend time on something that you really don't know all of the aspects and what's needed and at least how to even do it effectively when there's people here that that's what they do. This is their wheelhouse. Give it to them and let them deal with it and then start to scale and grow from there. All right. So let's let's take a case study. I want you to think about one of your clients, smaller, you know, under 5 million in revenue. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, they first, and uh, why did they come to you? Of course, of course. So I can tell you about a concert venue um, based out of New Hampshire, Concord, that created this app, a hybrid app. And this was kind of around pandemic time. And what they did is they created this app to where artists, could be able to monetize more on their concert and promotion. So they created this app to be able to not only host events on location in person, but also allow it to stream virtually. They came to us because they saw that while many businesses were unexpectedly thriving during the pandemic because they were able to understand and adapt to everything going remotely very easily, or seamlessly even, um, they were having some struggles with getting any buy-in. People weren't interested. They weren't having artists reach out. They weren't having anyone notable um, be able to gauge with them. So they reached out to us wanting to get assistance on improving their brand awareness and getting some more successful press hits to where they would get some more recognition and attention for what they were trying to build and do. So we worked with their team. I would say it was about six months on this project to how can we increase the brand awareness of this fairly new app that's now competing with several different other 
apps and entities that are now kind of doing similar things in that everybody's remote. So we have to have an adaptable format and platform to where people can stream, they can do all of these things, but everything's online now. And what we did is we took a a look at their case. We looked at the area and who they service. We looked at the ways that they were previously engaging with their consumers and we flipped it upside, upside over its head. And we took our strategies and we said, okay, we have this target audience in this pool. How are we attracting their attention? Well, to start with, SEO kind of is a a good point in here. We're targeting in an area where it's not known and it's not affluent for music artists. So we started to tap into those markets in those areas where that is exactly where that customer was or that potential consumer was. Those that are interested in concerts and venue spaces, those that are interested in promotional aspects um, to help with their careers, those music entrepreneurs, those indie artists, we started targeting those particular target audience. And, And mind you, I'm kind of speaking to several different audiences here because your indie artist is not gonna be the same as your consumer, your person that's just attending a concert. Very, very different. So targeting and finding those were a key integral part of our strategy. And then from there, we developed the content and the approach to then engage them into this app. What we ended up doing um, over the series of months that we worked on this project, we were able to secure top tier media placements with this company. Um, We had everywhere from, I believe it was LA Times post about it. We had Forbes post about it. And as well as the local stations and media in their area post and share about their inaugural concert. And the the event ended up selling out. A few months later, ended up um, doing a partnership deal with them, with Dolly Parton, which as someone that's from Nashville, Tennessee, I was super excited for because Dolly is like, our our person that is our go-to outside of Elvis. So it was exciting. But to be able to secure these brand partnerships, these these um opportunities on behalf of this organization to help them reach that awareness that they were looking for was exactly the results that we were this is what we were after. And it all went back to the strategy and the approach. How did we make those tweaks? How do we make those necessary adjustments? take what they had and just kind of give it an overview. What are we looking at and what are we working with? How has it been done before and how can we fit into this to improve it and make it better? And it led to the results that we got top tier media placements, brand partnerships, brand deals, additional opportunities to where they could continue on and scale their business as they were continuing to grow that app. Um, But that was one of, one of those exciting opportunities. I enjoyed working uh, more on the entertainment music industry side of things, as opposed what, to what I'm used to, which is like sports and more athlete um, types of entertainment um, professionals. But great project to work on. But it was certainly one of those where you took a problem and you really had to assess what are the things that we need to do and what are we dealing with and what we're working with and how can we make this better and use real strategies and tactics that can provide those results that they're after because every business it's, it's, you need the return. You need the yeah. return on investment. It's so, always a, a part of this. So let me ask you a, a measurement question. You know, 
I might get at these reports from my PR agency or consultant I was working with where they'd say, well, you got listed here, you got listed here, you got listed here, you got, you know, these are where you got yes. listed. But um, I'm definitely a results guy, right? So that might be good. Uh, it might certainly help me with my SEO strategies. But um, but I might say, it's okay, well, show me how to translate it into real business for me. Mm-hmm. So when if someone came to you like a client like me and said, all right, I want to see how it resulted in more lines of credit being uh, issued. Um, tell, tell me how you would be able to measure that. Yes, yes. So in terms of kind of what you're dealing with now, let's say we're looking for media placements and you want to be able to translate that into how is that impacting my sales? Well, what I would suggest in that instance and how I would measure that is the hits that it's taking to your site. Of course, we would need to have access to that information to be able to report it effectively. But being able to see those hits and when you look at the analytic side of things, and not to get super, super technical with this, but when you look at the analytic side of things, it can give you a lot of great information that we love to use in reporting. Um, One of which is it'll tell you exactly where people are coming from what parts of the website they're actually clicking on, um, the times that they're visiting the sites, those are how we're able to measure our results. Because if we have someone, let's say a Forbes, post an article at this time and this date, and then we go back and we see on the website that you had an an increase of 10,000 hits and views onto this specific page, then we know there's a direct correlation because it's telling us that it's coming directly from that specific article, because it'll tell you exactly where that um, that web source is coming from. It's coming from this place that has been now hyperlinked from that particular article placement onto that particular area on your website that we're basically sourcing them to. Yeah, I know. But this I, is I know. Why it's so important to have those links. Though. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm not I, pressing those links. Right, it I, would be I know. Very difficult to measure it. Right, I know what I would do now. I would. I mean, I certainly. I've, it's just like a no-brainer. I've done this all, all the time, uh, and that is, you know, certainly create a unique URL for um, for PR purposes. So I'd so I'd say, okay, Brandy, we're gonna we're gonna give you a try. Um, and you're going to use, uh, you know, just like for this podcast, uh, we use yes. FS credit line, right? FS credit line really isn't our, uh, main website, uh, URL, our main websites, financing mm-hmm. solutions now.com, but FS credit line is the one that we use. So I can track, how many, you know, who comes to us from this podcast. And so we would do the same thing, you know, and we might mm-hmm. do, you know, Financing solutions now.com forward slash PR. And then, and then what happens when someone comes in there? That's one thing. I don't really care who comes to me. Uh, I care who converts. So my CRM system then is set up so that when someone comes in from financing solutions now.com forward slash PR, uh, it then the application that someone fills out would be associated with that. And when I close, the deal, then I'll know, okay, the PR worked, you know, and you know, this is why I'm advising all of my listeners, you can't do any type of advertising. I don't care what it is. If you can't measure Mm -hmm. it from start to finish or more Mm -hmm. so from finish, 
right? Because if you, if you can't measure it, you, you can't, it can't manage it. You can't tell if it's effective. It's something that I've done really, really well with in my career where I've made sure that the work that we're doing is working because if it's not working, you are going to be out of business pretty fast. And if it is working, your magic sauce has just been solved. And that is mm -hmm. how do we acquire profitable clients? And, and I believe that PR is the way to go because there is a multiplier effect. Do you, yes. In general, yes. you know, in general, can someone come to you and say, Brandy, I want to give you a try and we want to do one campaign to see if it's successful. Would, can, can you still do, will, you know, would you be okay with somebody coming to you for one off like that? You know, it's not our preference to have one-offs. No, not at all. But we also recognize that there are some companies, some public figures where that's exactly what it is. You know, when you think about um, press conferences or um, movie launches, event launches, that's a one and done deal. So understandably, you're only going to need that publicist, that PR representative for that specific focus area. So absolutely, we take those ones on. We don't take them on um, as frequently as we do our retainer clients because, you know, that's our base. Those are the ones that need that ongoing support where we're constantly working towards their goal, which is brand awareness. How are we sharing their information? How are we getting them plugged in with the media? How are we helping to support and facilitate brand partnerships? You know, those are kind of our core base. But we absolutely do take on those one-offs because... Those are those types of projects where it's simply just that. It is a one-off. It's, I'm only launching this movie one time. I'm only launching this documentary one time. I'm only launching this particular product one time. And many of those opportunities, they lead to other opportunities. And we'll kind of get, um, kind of like what I mentioned with the concert venue app, we'll get those folks that'll reach out again and they'll have different needs. So certainly those types, I, I don't kind of classify them and put them in the same bubble as those one-offs that it's like, I just want to see if it works. And then, you know, then I'll go off on my way if it doesn't. Absolutely not. Um, and I think that goes back to your vetting process and how we vet is to make sure that we are dealing with legitimate businesses that have, or in really established businesses at that, that actually have something for us to be able to support and to be able to leverage in the media and in the public. Um, it doesn't do us any good if we don't have any type of reference point. You don't have a website, you don't have a social media, haven't really been mentioned in anything, and you're not really marketing and promoting yourself on your own. That doesn't help us. We need those individuals that have at least some small traction, you know, you have an idea, you have something that you're working with, and we take that and we mold it into where it needs to be to get that attention that you're looking for. Um, and I think that makes it that the really big difference there. But I think clear, clearly defining your performance goals from the very get beginning is crucial. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, when we talk about, oh, you know, these are the types of results that I'm looking for. Well, you need to make sure that you're identifying it very clearly with anyone that you communicate to to outsource service, that this is what I'm looking for. This is my measure of success, right? I need to see 150 media placements by October. 
that's defining your goal, right? And, and having a measurable result to outline with it. Those things are very, very important because it helps your team. It helps the individual that you're outsourcing to, to be able to refine and put the strategy and tactic together to support that goal that you have. You have to have something that you're working with. You have to have a clearly defined goal to work with in order to really measure the performance and success of something. You don't have that clearly defined, then your measurement is never going to be consistent, at least in what you're looking for. While a team may be thinking, oh, well, you know, we've reached our goal. This is what we were aiming for. But it hasn't been clearly communicated to you and you have not clearly communicated to them. Then we've got kind of a hogpash of, you know, a different results and different measurements that nobody is meeting in the right direction, if that makes sense. Like you have to be very clear in that so that you know what you're looking for and what to expect as you continue on. All right. So let's on the fly build a methodology that you typically would take your clients through, you know, a, a prospector slash client, new client. So you start off like number one and uh, you would say is, so what are you trying to accomplish? You know, mm-hmm. you know, of course you're going to ask them what they do and who's their customers. And I'm not talking about that, but you know, for our listeners who are looking to, you know, potentially build their own PR system and then bring you in later on because maybe they think, you know, I'm not ready for your company brandies that come to come on. Um, but the first one would be is what's the objective of the PR campaign? Is that, is that fair to be the first question? I think it is in terms of what it is that you're looking for. Like, what is your, what is your objective? Are you looking to get more website hits? Are you looking, well, I think this is just a very broad, but you're wanting to get more customers. You, but you have to even hone that one in because we're all looking for customers. We're all in, everyone that's in business is looking for customers. That's a no brainer. Everyone's looking for clients. Everybody's looking for customers. So that toss that one out, get more specific. Where do you want them to go? Do you want them to go on your resources page and start downloading your resources? Do you want to increase your email list? You have to be very specific. And what is your objective in this specific campaign that you're wanting to run and do? And then from there, you start to put together the pieces of how you're going to do it. What are some ideas? What have you researched? What's available? What is your budget um, to be able to get the word out about it? Um, and then going from, from that process of your budgeting, outlining who's going to be involved in your team, who's going to be involved in that process. And then you get into your implementation and your execution. And then you have a um, what I call the um, after action report, how well did it do? Did you reach your goal? You know, what was the success rate of it? What could you have done better? And developing report from that. But all of these things, I think when you think of the methodology are a part of this process that's much needed if you're trying to develop your own campaign on your own. But it all starts with just kind of like I mentioned before, having clearly defined goals, clearly defined objectives. What is it that you want? And be very specific about it. It's not a, oh, well, I just want more. I want more money. We all do. That's not special. Get specific. Do you want people to look at this particular product? Okay, that's a specific goal or objective. I want people to buy this product. I want people to visit this part of my website. I want people to engage on this new podcast that I have. 
And then from there, start to outline how you're going to do it, who's involved, what's the budget, and all of those things that can ultimately make your campaign. That would be my suggestion, especially for a small business that's just getting started, just trying to get their feet wet and figure out, okay, what can I do on my end to at least get something small started? That way I can have a running head start when it is time to, okay, I can pass this and delegate this off to professional that can deal with this and continue campaigns on a greater scale. Do you, do you work on a uh, fixed price model or an hourly model or, or do you do both? We offer both. Yes, yeah. we offer both. So we have our fixed price, which is your retainer model. Yeah. And then we also have our hourly rate. And typically that applies to, like I mentioned before, those premieres, those one-offs launches and things like that, where it's very specific and very like, this is all we're needing. And we just need you to support and focus on this goal. Okay. Well, we're going to leave it off that. I think, you know, I certainly learned a lot. I put Brandy through the ringer a little bit and she did good. I'm sure she, these aren't questions that she hasn't heard before. So I'd like to thank so very much uh, Brandy Sims uh, from Brand Inc. It's B-R-A-N-D-I-N-C-P-R for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Please also give us a five-star review if you like today's podcast or any of our other podcasts. It helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, it's fscreditline.com. Brandy, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yes, yes. They can certainly visit our website at brandinkpr.com. Uh, we have a ton of great resources and information, especially for small businesses that are interested in PR or simply wanting to find um, small, like some unique ways that they can apply it to their businesses now where they're at. We have those. So definitely visit the website. You can also check us out on social media at Branding PR. We're on all of the major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, as well as um you know, being able to connect with us. Um, if you have any questions, shoot us over an email at hello at brandingpr.com. Be happy to answer any questions that you have following this uh, show. Great. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I think my takeaway today is whenever I talk to a PR person or I read an article of PR, it just always reminds me that I need to have a PR strategy. You know, I need to be implementing PR as one of our uh, ways of acquiring clients. You know, they're, uh, the only thing I, I just would recommend to all our listeners is, is, um, I would just be careful about using measurements, um, that don't tell you if you close deals because in, at the end of the day, that's really what you're trying to do because it's so easy to get caught up and, oh, wow, look how many people visit our website or look how many people downloaded this transcript or, you know, whatever it's got, they got to convert, they got to convert the clients and you got to be able to say, what was the cost of acquisition for this client? How much money did I make off of each client that came from this? Because the one thing that's interesting is you can get different profits from different uh, advertising uh, avenues. So, you know, you, maybe you advertise in this, this one magazine, people still do that, but people, you, you can advertise in this magazine and you are making, 
you know, double the amount of money from this other magazine because it's a better, better target, target audience. So it's what it's reason why you want to know all of those key elements that are involved. Um, other than that, I want to thank everyone for listening and, uh, you know, just keep getting better. I think that's the key uh, element of being an entrepreneur. You just have to keep getting better at what you do. Other than that, everybody have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening.